Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now. What was your first reaction to Friday's report from Cranes that White Sox chairman Jerry Reinsdorf not only plans to seek at least $1 billion in subsidies to help finance a new ballpark in the South Loop, but Reinsdorf is also confident he can do it. I found it galling initially. I thought that it was a non-starter philosophically. This is not the climate. This is not the city. And really, this is not the time, I think, to be asking for public help for private gain. And that's essentially what a new stadium is, Uh, especially one that you're going to the South Loop, you're playing in a stadium at 35th and Shields that can still be functional for a while. I want to know what Jerry Reinsdorf's stake is in this, privately, individually. I want to know what is his investment level because I know asking the public to subsidize this ballpark, as much as we love the renderings, as much as I love the idea, I love the concept of a baseball ballpark in the South Loop in the 78 with the skyline, with the backdrop, with all the convenience that, and all the, all the reality that it would develop that area. But I don't think the public needs to pay for it. It's a matter of priority. There's a lot of other things that those dollars could be spent on rather than using the hotel tax to fund a new ballpark. And to me, it is disingenuous to suggest that you're not raising taxes. Everybody knows what not raising taxes means. It's coming from the public fund. So what is your stake in it, Jerry Reinsdorf? Stop being disingenuous and tell us. Show up. Speak up. A little louder, please. Can't hear you here in the back. Because right now, I'll tell you what I do know is that there's still $384 million in principle outstanding on the bonds that were issued to help pay for Soldier Field. That's a lot of dough that the public is responsible for. So, I love this idea. I love that it was dumped on a Friday. And I love that we're going to explore it later with Jim Kirk, who works at Cranes and runs the show. And they're doing a great job. But this is galling. And it takes some nerve for a billionaire to ask for a handout. You know in Breaking Bad when Jesse Pinkman says he can't keep getting away with this. I feel like that's how like the people of Chicago feel about this news. I also think it's a bad look 
when you're asking the city and the people of Chicago to be paying for your new stadium, but you're also very unwilling to use your own money to pay for players that keep the people in the city of Chicago happy. Just kind kind of a bad look. That's a great point. Yeah, that's how I feel about this is, okay, number one, you had a team that uh, thought it was going to win the AL Central last year and you lost 100 games. And you still don't have a nine-figure contract on your payroll. You're getting close, but when, when is that going to happen? Are you going to get a stadium before you get a nine-figure contract? Like, which one is it going to be? I just don't understand how in this state, if you know anything about the budget problems, both in this city and this state, you can ask for any public money. That's, that's my concern. The other thing is guaranteed rate field isn't that old. What, it's 30-some-odd years old, right? A little over 30 years old? 92-ish, yeah. Okay, so yeah. that's, that's right. by, by no means is it not in working condition. It's in great working condition. I go. I sit in stands. I hang out. Like, I, I'm not saying that it wouldn't be wonderful to have a beautiful new ballpark and have the city in the background like it should have been, but public money is not the way to do this. Like, read the state, not just read the room. Read the state. I understand that there might be a huge subsidy here for Major League Baseball. That leads me to ask other questions about how it claims its revenue is is being taken in. You know, up to a billion-dollar subsidy there. But all of this seems very clandestine that I feel like we're in the middle of this process rather than the beginning of the discussion. Don't let those Soldier Field bonds fool you, by the way. It's not just over $300 million. According to Phil Rogers last year. Well, that's just the over, principle. Yeah, that's just yes. the principle. Yeah. We're, we're not even doing no. that. Right. We over $600 million yes. there. That's a more accurate gauge. But, yeah. Th- 600 The interest is what gets you, fam. Long way to go. And these are the questions that hopefully we'll be asking management later this week. How much of the NBA All-Star game did you guys watch? How about Saturday's events? Did you stay awake during the dunk contest? Should the three-point contest be the last event if it's going to be more exciting? I don't know how much more proof you needed the last night's game to show that people love shooting threes. (laughs) So to me, that has become the glamour shot in the NBA. And I don't mean glamour (laughs) shots. This is what happens you don't mean when I don't for your get enough picture, sleep. Right, glamour shot. Not, not I, glamour I never shot. did the glamour shot. I was so bombed, guys. I was really, really sad. Oh, you could have you, no. down in Texas. Don't they? Is that everybody a I knew had it? Everybody I knew had it. I was so bombed that I didn't get to do it. Uh, so, all of that said, yeah, everybody loves shooting threes. I think this situation with the dunk contest is. People saying they want to do it, but they're concerned about their knees. How many of the elites in the NBA have said that? I I still think that uh, I love Mac McClung, the concept of him, the fact that he's doing this well. I, I just think they've got to incentivize it. And here's what I suggest is why don't you make divisions? Like, why don't you do props? Why don't you do distance? Why don't you do freestyle? I think... Obviously, the requirement is somebody has to dunk over Shaq, so that's got to be in there. But there's a way to make it a little more interesting and at least, like, give some guys some money. They, You have it. They incentivize it if you want them to uh, participate a little more intently. Yeah, I did not watch any of the festivities because I'm kind of I'm kind of out on all-star games. Uh, I, I just don't think, especially for basketball, I don't think that's real not basketball. Enough, not, not enough Pistons? <laughs> definitely not enough Pistons, okay. not enough Bulls, but definitely not enough Pistons. But when the MLB all-star game, they got rid of what, like, it, it was a real game that meant something. They, once that happened, 
I was kind of out about it, but I still think the dunk contest should be the last event because a great dunk contest is better than a great three-point competition because when you get the dunk contest at its best, it's amazing theater. Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, that's one of the best things I've witnessed with my own eyeballs as a sports fan. So just fix the dunk contest. Make sure you get the right people or like get a producer even to make sure that they are like set up to do creative dunks. So I'm for the dunk contest being the last thing, but just get it right. It took forever. And it was just so boring. And like, who are those guys? I did like the Jalen Brown dunk hand. Yeah, it was clever. The, the glove. There are some clever I things, I suppose. My favorite was the birthday cake. Do you remember that? The cupcake that, uh, was it Nate Robinson that he blew out? I have to remember. Well, Nate Robinson dunking anytime in a contest is good theater. I, I like Nate Robinson when he was. Oh, it was Gerald Green. Oh, Gerald, Gerald Green. Green. Yeah, I, I'm kind of like watching on Saturday thinking, why am I watching this on Saturday? I, the three-point contest is worth your time. I like that. It's remarkable what they can do. But I think that they should probably condense everything. It seems like it just drags. And then you have really kind of commentary. I just, you watch Saturday and just feel kind of, oh boy, am I really this grouchy all the time? Or am I just getting older? Whatever. It's just bad TV, right? The All-Star game itself has had its moments, but still there's not, when you score almost 400 points, I don't know how they change it except for maybe incentivize it with money. Um, If you want to put the three-point shot last or the contest last, that makes a lot of sense. I did not waste a lot of time I suppose maybe half hour on the dunk contest and three point shot and the game itself I've watched probably longer than I needed to I also uh I also think it would be cool they talked about Caitlin Clark yesterday or two days ago being possibly in the three point shot contest that would be fun that would be fun but just don't tell Kenny Smith call from mom answer it call silenced Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Before I take questions... Craig Council sounded very open to the idea and even encouraged by the thought of Christopher Morell playing third base. I think we'll probably, I think there'll be some first base for Chris, but I think, you know, I'd like to see him on third base, I think, to start camp. Um, and look, you know, it's, it's, you know, 
Christopher's done so much with the bat that it's our job <laughs> to figure out the best way to deploy him, right? And um, it's uh, you know, Bruce and I were having this conversation earlier. It's it's to say he can play a lot of positions. Yes, we have to play that at a certain level that it that it makes sense for the bat to be in there, right? Um, and we've got to, and it is harder to play multiple positions. No question about it. How do you feel about Morell being the Cubs' primary third baseman, or is Council laying it on a thick, a ploy to let free agent Matt Chapman believe the Cubs don't really need him? <laughs> I don't think Council would be engaged in something like that, although it does leave the impression that the Cubs really don't need Matt Chapman. It not, might not be the offseason they're going to sign him. The Mariners are in on Chapman. We'll wonder uh, all week whether or not Scott Boris will let any of his clients ever sign with anybody. The big four still without Holmes. I like the idea of Christopher Morrell at third base because it guarantees him lineup certainty. And I think you need his bat in the lineup on a, and you need to count on that. So that's the certainty that this offense needs, especially if it's without Cody Bellinger, which is still in doubt. So defensively, is it going to hurt you sometimes? Yeah, I think so. But you also have Gold glove infielders up the middle. You've got, I don't know what Michael Bush is defensively at first base, but I don't think he's as big of a liability as maybe Morrell could be at third. You've got good options in late, late innings if you want to take Morrell out if you need to with Morell, with Madrigal. Who's going to make this team? He'll make this team. Oh, yeah. He's he's on the team. Nick, yeah. He's on the team for next year. So I don't mind me quoting I don't mind Craig uh, Council going on this uh, path. I think it's probably if it's one of those things where if this is his idea, you feel like it's a good one because he has a lot of good ideas. I don't know if I'm necessarily a fan of Merle at third just because I love the idea of the Cubs having like the best defensive infield in all of baseball. And with Michael Bush, the uncertainty of what he can do defensively, I don't know if you want the corners of your infield to be necessarily question marks defensively. Like you have Nico and Dansby. That's awesome. But Morell is a liability defensively. And I don't know if I can trust that with the bat. I love it. I love that very much. But defensively, I don't know if I can quite say I trust him as an everyday type of third baseman. Well, that's what the Cubs were trying to figure out last year, right? We heard all about the spine of the defense and then they had to make some concessions when they DFA'd Tucker Barnhart. That was my first indication that they realized they didn't have enough offense to get the job done. I... I don't think that this is them trying to fool Matt Chapman for the record. <laughs> I think this is their insurance plan because they might not get both. We, 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 like, we I'd love to have Matt Chapman and Cody Bellinger on this team. I'd feel much better about things. I wanted Jorge Soler, by the way. By the way, it's, I'm irrationally angry about that's that. That's not, not a bad idea. We, we are, you know, we have been known to maybe engage or believe in a few conspiracy theories around here on the morning show. Do you think the midday show is not Even having any of those? Dustin not here. This is in honor of Dustin. So he's always here. When you play hard to get, sometimes you just lose out on the thing you were trying to get. Played yourself. During an interview on Inside the Clubhouse on Saturday, which is just a fantastic show, David Hall and Bruce Levine loved that show, a new White Sox writing Mike Soroka spoke about the immeasurable importance of a strong catcher. I don't think you can really put a price on that, to be honest with you. I think it's it's one of the intangibles that I don't think that there are necessarily analytics for. Um, and catcher experience is, is so important um, to a pitching staff. I, I got called up and 
the first guys I was throwing to were, were Kurt Suzuki, uh, Tyler Flowers, and uh, Brian McCann. So, and I, I learned a ton from them uh, just by being out there. Um, they're not afraid to stray from the scouting report when they see something different. The competition aspect of baseball. And, uh, we can do our homework all we want on analytics and percentages of, of pitches and, and which quadrants to throw to, but sometimes the game changes and having a veteran catcher uh, like Martin and, and like Max um, are going to be able to pick, pick up on that pretty quickly and, and switch a game plan. You know, obviously with this team uh, putting an emphasis on defense, it's going to be my job to keep the ball over the plate and, and let them work. Agree or disagree? Does that make Martin Maldonado the, the Sox's most important offseason addition? I mean, I guess, given what we're working with here, I will say, what do all three of the Sox catchers have in common? Max Stassi, Martin Maldonado, and Corey Lee. What do they have in common? Another mm. former team, the Astros. They're all former Astros. I was Astros just going to guess Royals. Yeah, you would. <laughs> but, but amazingly, in this case, not the case. Uh, I, I think... Having Martin Maldonado is a, is a good thing for what Soroka just described. I just wonder how much these guys are going to be able to even get through times through the order, right? Like, this is the Sox starting pitching staff is a concern. You're backstopped by three catchers with a lot of, well, Lee doesn't have as much experience, of course, but at least you're backstopped by two who do. So that's a good thing to have, sure. I just, we're talking about this if we're in a tight game, right? I, I just want to know how many of those we think could be happening here. Wow, I didn't mean to sound so sad at the end. <laughs> I really didn't. Layla, it's gone dark. Yeah, it's gone somber I just, now. I, I don't have enough sleep to hide some of my <laughs> feelings right now. You know, my answer is yes. Uh, just like you said, there aren't many great options to choose from, but I think the Sox need people who know how to win and also how to lead. So coming from the Astros, being in that organization, being behind the plate with some amazing pitchers, Justin Verlander, and just like that, that's important. And he also played in Kansas City for only half a season, and that seems like the least amount of time of any of these acquisitions. <laughs> uh, so congratulations to Gross Point South alum Chris Getz. Uh, very good job. You have to work that in every so often there, Robbie, don't you? He went you? to my high school, he, so I, I, I did. Did yeah. he really go to your high school? I was unaware. He's, That's only like <laughs> the seventh time you've told me. Maybe the only sixth time on the air. So. We can go for eight today. Think about what that says, though, about the White Sox offseason, that Martin Maldonado arguably, and I, I think the argument is a sound one, is the most important offseason addition. He's a piece on most teams. He was a piece of the Astros Instrumental to their success, but expendable. And that's where the Sox are. Somebody else's discards are being viewed as something that they value as much as any new player. It's not a long list of guys who you could point to to argue. Eric Fetty? Eh, I don't know. What about John Brebbia? I, I, I'm not even sure people are like, who's that? Paul DeYoung? He's going to play shortstop for at least, what? 80 games. I'm optimistic about the Fetty signing because Bannister was optimistic and I'm still optimistic about Bannister. Okay. Well, that's sort of a reason. Dominic Fletcher. He's going to play where is he going to play? Who's Dominic Fletcher? Oh yeah. He's the opening day right fielder. Yes. Martin Maldonado is the most important offseason acquisition for the Sox. Mike Soroka is the most uh, valuable interview added to the Sox. He was outstanding with a good, 14 minutes with Bruce and I on Saturday, and I hope the more he talks, 
uh, the more you like him. He's an easy guy to pull for coming over from the Braves. If he stays healthy, if he stays healthy, that's a big if. He will be, I predict, the most important offseason addition to the White Sox. No, you asked me the question, so I'm going to answer your question. That right there is Jalen Johnson, and Adam Schefter listed Jalen Johnson among 12 other players considered candidates to receive the franchise tag. That would guarantee Johnson $18.4 million. Tuesday is only the opening of the window with March 5th, the deadline. On the Bears' offseason priority list, where is Johnson? How do you expect this to go? Is it my turn? I'd forgotten. Okay, number one, the franchise tag is stupid. It just is. It's like, hey, here's your contract, but never mind. Here's more contracts. Did you decide this? No, but we get to decide. And the only prayer you have to make more money if you've earned it is the benefit of averages, which in this case, somewhat good for Jalen Johnson, but not based on his viability as an actual free agent. Does that mean I think the Bears should use it? Yeah. I, if you, I would rather see him get a, a full extension based on honoring the work that he's put in. But it makes sense as to why they use it because it's business and it's a tool they can use. But I, I've always questioned the franchise tag because it basically says teams don't know how to write contracts or or that the draft process where the t- contracts are dictated isn't exactly sound. So something about it just says, ah, owners, you get a free pass. GMG, you get a free pass because maybe your contracts aren't good enough. What? 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 <laughs> Never I I hate it. I hate it because it just isn't fair to people. Yeah, here's my priority list uh, for the Bears this offseason. Number one, figure out what you're going to do with the number one pick. Number two, figure out what you're going to do specifically with Justin Fields, and that kind of relates to the number one pick as well. Number three, figure out what you're going to do with the nine pick. So the draft owns the first three, and number four is Jalen Johnson extension or franchise tag. And if your goal is to win the Super Bowl, I think you need a player like Jalen Johnson because if you can guard elite wideouts with him, you do that. So I would give him the extension because I don't want to make it messy or hurt any feelings. He deserved the contract. He earned that last year. Give that man his money. Jalen Johnson is your second priority right behind what you do at quarterback because you really, you're building one idea based on another. You want your elite quarterback to lift the level of play and to restart probably in all likelihood a new rookie contract. But everything is predicated, and Matt Eberflus is still here for one reason, and that's because they believe in this defense's ability to become elite. That only is true if you have Jalen Johnson remain at cornerback because you aren't going to convince anybody it's going to be elite unless you have one of those guys. And last year, he improved into being one of those guys. So you tag him. I hate the tag, too, Layla. I don't think anybody who follows the league likes it. You understand it, owners pur- like it. Owners like it. You understand its purpose. What it can do in this purpose, in case, is that it will buy the Bears some time. They can still negotiate a long-term deal. I don't think he ends up playing on the tag. It's eighteen point four million dollars. It cuts from last week. Whitehair and Eddie Jackson makes that, you know, very easy to absorb under the salary cap. A long-term contract certainly would make it much more easy because of the way you could structure it. But I do think they probably tag him. Uh, If they don't, that's good news. There's no way Ryan Poles can. There's no way that he can backtrack on what he said and let Jalen Johnson just walk into free agency. That's not going to happen. To me, it's inconceivable and probably a fireable offense. That's overstating it. 
But based on what he said, I don't think that's going to happen. So if you tag him before March 5th, you still have time to work out a long-term deal. Not answering any of your questions. And as we begin to get up to speed on college basketball, the first football lesson weekend since July, Loyola is currently tied with Dayton atop the Atlantic 10 with a 11 and two league record. Are they underrated? And is the state of Illinois looking to have three teams in the NCAA tournament again, the Ramblers, Northwestern and the Illini or four with Bradley. It could be four. Don't count out the Braves or third in the Missouri Valley. You never know. I would not underestimate them. That would be fun. March is fun. And then we'll have our assortment of local stories out in Princeton and wherever that we can get on the bandwagon again. I think I still have my orange t-shirt. Go Tigers. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I think there's Loyola. There's Illinois. Um, I need to I need to really study how I'm going to deal with the Illinois dilemma because to me it is still a dilemma. Northwestern, why that was a big victory yesterday against the Indiana Hoosiers is because, number one, it was on the road. Secondly, Boo Booey only had 14 points. It was 3 of 14. When you can win a game, in mm-hmm. that environment, without your senior clicking like that, mm-hmm. it's a big deal. So, am I ready for college basketball? I don't know. After Saturday, seeing Connor Bedard come back and score two points in the second game back from a broken jaw, I'm all hockey, baby. But I can get into March. I can get into the madness. And, yeah, I respect Illinois' ability to put four teams in the field. How about five? Maybe one of the other. Can UIC or Northern Illinois win a conference tournament? I don't know. Is that realistic? Probably not. Yeah, I'm going to go with three. Uh, Sorry, Bradley. I'm going to keep you out on that. And the good thing is with, you know, Loyola Chicago, Northwestern, the Illini, I think because college basketball has been so much in flux, and I don't think there's a true elite team this year, I could imagine all of these teams making or getting a win in the tournament or even getting past the first round. Um, And Northwestern has really surprised me because, you know, I'm a Michigan State fan. They've been a doormat for Michigan State for my entire life. And the fact that they're doing this well this year, congrats to them. I think uh, when it comes to teams on the bubble in the tournament, the selection committee is biased toward one particular conference every year dictates how many are getting in from a certain conference. When it comes to Loyola, respect the body of work. That Atlantic 10 tournament is a lot of fun. There's still games to be played between now and then. You've covered that, haven't you? I have. It it is a good time. Like, if if you just like hoops, which I do, it is a lot of fun to watch. But Dayton is the class of this conference. The turnaround has been incredible, given that they only had four conference wins last season. You've got to tip your hat to Drew Valentine. Illinois has been ranked too long, so I think they make the tournament. Not that I don't like that they've been ranked long. It's just they've been ranked too long, I think, to count them out at this point. It's just the log jam at the top of the Big Ten that always gets you. It was like this last year, the log jam in the standings where there's only one or two games separating each team that I think causes a little bit of confusion. But to me, at the end of the day, it's when you've got especially two from the American two in the top four in UConn and in UH, I just wonder how they're going to, where the bias is going to fall in March. That is the pick six. And yes, that is Layla Rahimi's voice. And she is in for Mully today all morning long. After working Sports Sunday all night long, Layla's a grinder. She's here. When we come back, we have the extra point. A certain national commentator embarrassed himself over the weekend, and we'll talk about that next. It's Mullen Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.